discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, thank you for this opportunity that we have. We are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for this time that you have given to us. Thank you for the gift of life and strength. We pray that even as we, your word comes, you grant us great grace to receive your word with meekness, with gladness. Thank you that your word proceeds with power, with clarity. Thank you for great understanding for all of us. And thank you that this word, this message comes to transform our lives and comes to establish us more and more in you, even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I've been sharing with you on um, the present-day ministry of Jesus Christ. And you've shared so many beautiful things already to um, help us understand that Jesus is doing something. Jesus is doing something right now. There's something that Jesus is doing right now, apart from all the beautiful things he did for us in the great substitutionary work. You know, he's also doing some very wonderful things right now at the right hand of God the Father. Hallelujah. And I showed you how that he ascended as our high priest. You know, a high priest of good things to come. Many good things to come. I showed you how as our high priest, um, he obtained eternal redemption for us. And as our high priest, he, he sat down as high priest over of our confessions, if you remember. And then I started sharing with you on Sunday concerning how that Jesus sat down as our advocate as well, as our lawyer, a great lawyer. And I shared so many beautiful things uh, with respect to what Jesus does as our lawyer. And I remember um, starting with a scripture in 1 John chapter 1 um, from verse 8, if you remember. Let's look at the 1 John chapter 1 from verse 8. So this, this evening, I just want to um, share, share a little more light on Jesus, our advocate, just briefly. Um, it will not be long, I'm sure, within the next 40, 45 minutes, we should be done to the glory of God. I'm sure you don't believe, but you never know what the Lord can do. The Lord can do anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, love believes all things, so believe all things. So First John chapter 1, verse 8, it says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Then he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, God is trying to let you know through, through, his, through the Bible, through the, through the Word, that, I mean, as a child of God, you may, you may, you may have something, you may have a problem. There may be, um, you may stumble, you see. And if you stumble, there's a, there's a provision that the Lord has made for you. Hallelujah. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, from all sins of 
you know, unrighteousness and all sense of not being able to approach God is taken away by virtue of um, the cleansing ability of the blood of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He says, if we confess our sins, it's faithful and just forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look at the next verse. Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And I'll share with you on, on Sunday how that even sometimes even your thoughts are wrong. Do you see? Huh? Your thoughts are wrong. I mean, the, your feelings are wrong. There are things that come to your mind, comes to you that are so not right. You know? But the Lord is showing you that he's made provision for you. Not showing you that you can continue doing whatever um, you want to do. Now, go to the next verse, which is um, chapter 2, verse 1. He says, my little children, remember I mentioned that the Bible was not divided into verses, into chapters and into verses. You know, it was a long read. So actually it's a long read. Okay, it says, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. So God is interested in us not sinning. You see, and that, that is something you should, you should be aware of. God is interested in us not sinning. He says, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And the word advocate there is lawyer. He calls Jesus our lawyer, who is with the Father. He's at the right hand, you know, of the majesty on high, defending us and helping us. So that when the accuser of, the brethren, of our brethren should try to accuse you as a child of God because of something that you did, the Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, rises up as our advocate, as our lawyer, and shows him that he was, a, he was a sacrifice. He was the high priest, and he is the one who accepted the offering because he's God, and he's also um, and the sacrifice that God needed, and he's also the high priest that God needed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, so Jesus is our lawyer, and he's a proposition. The Bible says he calls him the proposition for our sins. Look at the next verse. That's in verse 20. That's verse 2. It says, and he's a proposition or the mercy seat for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He's a proposition. Okay? Or the high priest for our sins. Or the mercy seat for our sins. Or the sacrifice for our sins, if you like. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So Jesus is our lawyer who rises to defend us when we, we should, if we should get into any trouble. Now, every child of God, a true child of God, does not want to sin. You know, if you read in the Bible very carefully, look at 1 John chapter 3, verse, verse 9. 1 John 3, 9. It says, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. You see, it says, because a person is, you are born of God, he says, he, you do not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. You see, now, this is trying to let you know what we really are as children of God. If you're a child of God, you don't want to sin. He says, he cannot, he does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot. Can you imagine? He cannot sin because he is born of God. Now, the Bible shows us that there are different kinds of sins. Okay, if you're reading the same book, I mean, the, John mentions a lot about, talks a lot about sin and what it is and how the Lord, um, the provision the Lord has made for us and where God wants us to get to. You know, God, God wants us to be perfect. That's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be perfect. But on the road to perfection, you may have some challenges, and the Lord has made provision for those challenges. 
You see, and as a child of God, you should understand that God does not want you to sin. And as a child of God, you should know that if the seed of God remains in you, you don't want to commit sin. You don't want to sin. That's the truth. And you can't be a child of God and then you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe next, uh, tomorrow I may steal someone's uh, car or I may steal someone's phone. Uh, but thank God that Jesus is our advocate. He will defend me when I steal it. So let me, let me, uh, you, you are, or you steal someone's husband. You say, I'm going to steal someone's husband tomorrow. This, this man is very nice. Tomorrow I'm, 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 I'm going to have him for myself and break his family. You know, but I mean, Jesus is my advocate. Whatever I do, he will stand up and uh, defend me. So let me, I better do some things so that he can get some work to do. <laughs> I doubt if you are even born again. You know, that, 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 that shows that you are not born again. A true born again child of God does not want to commit sin. You see, he's tempted to do wrong. Hallelujah. You know, so um, today I want to show you why some of these things come around, you know, why some of these people think like what I just mentioned, you know, I, I don't, I'll do, I mean, I'll do something wrong tomorrow, I'm going to do. There are those who intentionally do wrong, a lot of foolish things, you know, and uh, say that, oh, the Bible has said that if we confess our sins, the Lord will forgive us. He's faithful and just to forgive us. So I better do some, some wrong things so the Lord will be faithful and just to forgive me, you know. It is not. It is a wrong concept, you know. If if you've read church history, you hear about Calvinism. Okay, there's old school Calvinism and then there's new school Calvinism. Yes, um, somewhere in the 17th century, there's Calvinism and then there's Arminianism. Okay, a man called John Calvin and uh, another man called Arminian um, went to. They went to. The, they all went to the same school. They all, they all went to the same Bible school and came out with different concepts. Calvin said that um, salvation is by predestination because of certain scriptures that are in the Bible. Salvation is by predestination. So, um, I mean, it's not everybody who can be saved. It's only those who are predestinated by God who can be saved. So you, you, can't, you can't be saved on your own. Or you can't, you can't repent. Uh, so they used the word repent. You can't repent on your own. Repentance must be given to you by God. And if the Lord gives you repentance, then um, you can repent and become born again. And it is because the Lord has predestinated you to be born again that you'll be born again or that you'll be saved. You know, and several years passed by. I mean, this, this was propagated for many, many years. Many people believed in it and all of that. And one young man called Finney, you know, Charles... Grandison Finney went to, you know, he also, he, he became a lawyer and was practicing with this judge. And uh, the judge advised him that in order for him to get contacts, business contacts and social contacts, he should join the church. So he decided to join the church so that he can get business contacts and social contacts. You know, and whilst he was there, he noticed that he needed to be born again. So he asked them to pray for him to be born again. And they said, oh, you, I mean, we can't just pray for you like that to be born again. I, I mean, the Lord, if the Lord has not destined you for it, you can't be born again. So let's see what the Lord will do. If you are destined for, predestinated for it, then you can be born again. But if not, well, you can just be around and enjoy the social connections and the business connections that 
Can you imagine? These things happen in real, in real. It happened, actually. You can read it for yourself. So Finney started reading the Bible for himself. And the more he read, the more he noticed that he could be born again by himself. When God said, repent, it meant that you could do something about it. Not that he will cause you to repent. You could do something about it. So he realized that anybody could be born again. He could be born again. Anybody could be born again. One of the greatest revival, revivals in history broke out with him. So he got born. He sought God for himself. He got born again. And then many people were led to Christ. Hallelujah. So it was as though if you are not predestinated by God, you cannot be born again. And that's old school Calvinism. And then the new school Calvinism is once saved, forever saved. Do you see? Uh -huh. So the other ones who say that, oh, I'm saved, so I can do whatever I want to do. Jesus is my advocate. He will rise up and defend me. Well, it is, it is not, I believe in, in, in um, our, the eternal, the, the security of our salvation. Okay. But it is once saved, forever saved, as you stay in Christ. As you stay in Christ. That is the, that is the condition. As you, stay, you came in by your will, and you can get out by your own will. Do you see? You came in by your will, and you can get out by your own will. So as long as you remain in Christ, your, your salvation is eternally secured. But if you decide to get out, nobody can prevent you from getting out. You know? So those who, the modern day um, Calvinism are those who think that, oh, I mean, Christ has died, Christ has been sacrificed for us, I'm born again, I'm eternally secure, therefore I can do whatever I want to do. And the Lord will still take care of, I mean, I don't know if you've seen this, there are some TikTok videos roaming around. I mean, you have someone dancing and that. there's a um, go to church, you go to club, and then he'll go to club. You not go to church, you go to club. You know, then uh, what? The, uh, several ones, there are several of them. There's, um, I think, uh, uh, get people born again and go and chill. And then he go and chill, not get people born again. Then the final one is heaven and hell. And then he wants to, the person wants to enter heaven and they slap the person. <laughs> yeah, you can't be here. You see, uh -huh. that, that, that is how it is. It is, you, you get born again, you stay born again, you walk with the Lord. If the Holy Spirit is really in you, you don't want to do something. You don't want to do wrong things. You are tempted to do wrong things. So you should be asking yourself questions if it's like there's no desire to do to follow the will of God and follow the word of God and follow the line of God's word, you know, and you have great desire to do foolishness. You should ask yourself whether you are really born again. Check if you are born again properly. Hallelujah. Yes. And the, the Armenians uh, are also on a completely different side altogether. They believe that the slightest sin that you do or require that you be born again again. Yes, I don't know if you know, you know it was in the system for a very long time. So, I mean, if you do something wrong, now nah, you need to give your life to Christ again. One man said that uh, he insulted, he, if he, he believes that if he insults his wife or if he does something against the wife, he needs to be born again again. You know, if it is like that, then it means that people will be born again about 40,000 40, times or five, five million times in their lifetime. Yes, it is not, it, that, is not how it's, that is not how it's supposed to be. Of course, I mean, um, you do something wrong. You may do something wrong. I'm not saying you will do. You may do something wrong. But if you do something wrong, it doesn't mean that it is that is it. You have to get born again again. So that side is also not correct. Hallelujah. <laughs> so Jesus has, has sacrificed himself for us. 
to obtain a people who have him at heart and want to live for him. You know, I always like quoting the scripture in Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Look at Titus 2, verse 11. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Next verse, please. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. This is what the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ teaches us, that we should deny ungodliness and worldly lust. Do you see? So he, he lets you know that there's ungodliness and there's great worldly lust as well. But your job is to deny it by the power of the Holy Spirit who is inside you. You see, I'm not going to walk along that line. I'm not going to live along that line. Yes, Jesus is my advocate. Okay? But apart from he being your advocate, he's more, he's more than your advocate. He wants you to walk in fellowship with him. There's something he has designed for you to do in his kingdom. And you should be busying yourself about those things, not about sinning and being restored and sinning and being restored and sinning and being restored. No, he wants you to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Look at Isaiah verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, looking for that blessed hope. What is that blessed hope? The blessed hope of the appearance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The transformation of our, of our mortal bodies to, to an immortal body. If you read in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, it shows you that we are citizens of heaven. You see, look at Philippians 3, for our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So he wants you to have the, his appearing in your mind, and what his appearing will do for you in your physical body, and not to give over your physical body over unto foolish things and over unto sinning with the mindset that Jesus is my advocate, so when I do something wrong, he will restore me. Yeah, Jesus has forgiven us. It's the truth. It is the truth. Okay, grace has been made available. That is the truth. But you don't, you don't frustrate the grace of God. You don't receive the grace of God in vain. All these things are in the Bible. You see, you must not frustrate the grace of God. And you must not receive the grace of God in vain. You see, if you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, you see, you see uh, the grace, receiving the grace of God in vain. Look at it. He says, we then as co-workers together will be beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. He says, you can receive the grace of God in vain. It's like it is not working. It's not doing its work in your life. The grace of God is God's help. You see, he says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy when you do something wrong and find grace to help you in your time of need. So when there's a, in your time of need, you are supposed to find grace in, when, when there's a challenge. When you're on the verge of doing something wrong, you receive grace from the Lord. Help from the Lord, favor from the Lord to jump over that head up. I don't know if, if I'm making sense. So it's very, very important. God doesn't want us to live anyhow because the way you live de determines how you're, you're, how you're going to look eternally. What you do with this body determines what you're going to, how you're going to live eternally or how you're going to look eternally. Do you see? So it's very, very, very important that you will live for the Lord and not for ourselves. It's very important we don't um, hang on to a, 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 a warped understanding of grace. Paul said, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. How shall we then go to that place? Romans chapter 6, 
verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? He's letting you know that, Charlie, you are dead to sin. How can you live in sin? How can you even decide that because of what I have gotten to know, that God has sent Jesus Christ as my advocate and that he has washed me from my sins and that when I sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me, so I'm going to keep sinning. How can you make that decision? After hearing about, about this glorious opportunity, because Jesus, in, in God's mind, sin prevents you from coming close to him. So he's decided to bring you a solution to it so that you can come to him even when something goes wrong and not sit in, your, in condemnation. He wants you out of condemnation so that you can display his righteousness. It is also that you can display his righteousness. Do you see? That, that is what it's for. So you don't sell yourself over to to wrong and to sin and say that, oh, the blood of Jesus is a lot. I need to apply it more and more. It has to be applied more to my life. You know, there are those who believe that everybody has a bucket. Everybody is entitled to one bucket full of the blood of Jesus Christ. And if it finishes, it is finished. You can't be seen. You can't. I mean, all kind, there are all kinds of things. Just, you know, these things are said to prevent people from sinning. Do you get it? To prevent, I mean, you can't prevent anybody from sinning. Okay, it's only the Holy Spirit who can help people. And the, the true word, the true gospel, the reality is that the Lord has forgiven us. Do you see? He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The east cannot be seen by the west, and the west cannot be seen by the, by the, by the east. That's how it is. He has removed it completely. You see? But he doesn't, so he wants you to live for him. Okay? We, we are to live for him. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein in sin? Go to, go to jump to uh, um, verse, verse 11. Same book, same chapter, verse 11. He says, let, let's read from verse, from verse 9 so that it makes more sense. Hey, Romans chapter 6 from verse 9. He says, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died no more. Death has no more dominion over him. Verse 10. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. You see, Christ died unto sin once, and now that he's alive, he lives unto God. Then it says in verse 11, Likewise, in the same manner, you also yourselves, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He wants you to live unto him. He wants you to live unto him. We are debtors to the Spirit, to live after the Spirit and not after the flesh. You see, we are dead. It's the Holy Spirit who orchestrated and organized all these beautiful things for us. So we have a debt to him to live in line with his word and live in line with, with, with him, not to live in line with the flesh and allow the flesh to take over and do whatever we want to do and whatever. I, I mean, it's not, that means that you are not born again. You, there's something wrong with you. So don't say once, once saved, forever saved. It's as long as you remain in Christ. You see, the Bible tells us to remain in Christ. Jesus said, abide in me. Okay, abide in me. That's in John chapter 15. Look at John 15, verse 5. It's only in your abiding in him that you produce fruit. You see, John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You see, for without me you can do nothing. So Jesus is looking at you. Abiding in him, staying in him, walking in fellowship with him. 
sin takes you out of fellowship with him. That is why he has made provision for you through confession of sin and provide, having Jesus be your advocate so that you can receive forgiveness of sins, you can receive restoration, and walk, continue walking in righteousness. You see, if I am the vine, you are the branches. We are the, we are the fruit-bearing part of the vine. In other words, God has brought us in for us to produce fruits after his kind. You see, the reason for Christianity is to display the righteousness of God, is to display the fruits of God, is to display the virtues of God. That is what we are set here for, not to sin and be forgiven all the time. That's not what it is there. That's not what, so you say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm into stealing. I'm a Christian, but I'm into prostitution. I'm a Christian, but I'm into um, duping people. I'm a Christian, but I'm into what? Lying. No, that is not, that is not, that you are, there's something wrong. It's a white lie. There's something wrong. It's not supposed to be like that. How can we deal with you if you are, if you are into lying? You know, so as a child of God, God has made all these provisions for us in Christ to help us walk and stay in fellowship with him. That is the aim. You see, God wants us to be restored. He wants us to be restored when we, when we do. He says, if any man sin, he's not saying when any man sin. It's like he's saying it's on condition. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Christ Jesus the righteous. You see, Christ Jesus the righteous. Hallelujah. Yeah, so don't, don't get into um, things you are not supposed to get into. Remember, if you read in Romans chapter 6, look at Romans chapter 6. We just read verse 11. Let's read from verse 11 once again. It says, you should likewise reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look at verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. It's like you can do something. You can decide that I'm not going to allow sin to reign in my mortal body. My flesh is not going to cause me to do wrong things. You see, I'm not going to allow my, my flesh to lead me. I'm going, to, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. Okay, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the last thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. You can yield your members. I mean, there are Christians who are doing that. They, they've yielded themselves like, I can't help myself. And the Lord will also provide. The Lord has made provision. So, Sally, let's flow. No, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. If a true child of God does not want to go in the wrong direction, that's the truth. Neither you do your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but you do yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of, unrighteous, of righteousness unto God. So this is what he's expecting of you. He says, you do your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So you use your body as an instrument of righteousness. You see, remember, it's all about the righteousness of God. That's what it's all about. It's all about the righteousness of God is displaying God. God's inability to be wrong or God's inability to do wrong. Displaying that. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 lets us know. Look at First Peter 2 9. This is what we are sent and set in the earth for as children of God. But we are chosen generation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm a chosen generation. generation. You know, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. For what purpose? Why are we chosen? Why are we a royal priesthood? Why are we a holy nation? Why are we a peculiar people? So that we would set for, we should for the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, the Amplified says it in a nicer way. Look at the Amplified. 
It says, but you are chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people. That's so nice. God's own purchased special people. For what purpose? That you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of God who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So as a child of God, you are set forth to display the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of God. That is what we are here for. We are displayers of God. We are the ones who bring the savor of Christ everywhere we go. That's what, that's what you are here for. That's, that's basically what you are, a child of God is there for. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Look at 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. Unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. He makes manifest the savor, the aroma of Christ. Do you see? The aroma of Christ. He make it manifest the savor of his knowledge by us. He makes the savor of his knowledge, you know, the smell of his knowledge displayed around by us. Do you see? This is Amplified. Amplified says that, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph, as trophies of Christ's victory, and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. He makes it spread everywhere by us. So when you show forth, when you show up, the fragrance of the knowledge of God starts showing forth. Yes, the knowledge of God's goodness the knowledge of God's purity, the knowledge of God's niceness, the knowledge of God's patience, the knowledge of God's love is displayed by you and by me. Why? We are the ones who are sent by God for that purpose. If someone is looking for God, they must look for you. Why? Because God is in you. God is showing forth himself through you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of beauty, of many excellent things happening around. That is, that is it. That is what we are set for. Not to live in, in a realm. So the reason why God made provision for us is so that we can do that. We can have this. We can display the righteousness of God. We can be God's fragrance around, and not feel like we are. We are. We have. There's a problem between us and God. That is why God made provision and made Jesus our advocate and provide made provision so that we will not allow sin to take us away from Him. You see, God enjoys your fellowship, and that's what He's looking out for. Not for you to live in sin and for him to always forgive you. Yes, he's made provision for that. But don't, this does not mean that you should have a license to do whatever you want to do. Look at the next verse, verse 15. For we are God, we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that, are per, that perish. Let's look at the Amplified of verse 15. It's nice. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ. Can you imagine? We are the sweet fragrance of Christ which exhales unto God. Desenable alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ. That's, that's what you are. I'm the sweet fragrance of Christ. Yes, my life is a fragrance to the Lord, a fragrance of Christ to the Lord, smelled by those who are saved and by those who are not saved, who are perishing. Yes, look at the still in the Amplified, verse 16. It says, to the one, to the latter, it is an aroma wafted from death to death, a fatal odor, the smell of doom. In other words, the, the way you live as a child of God will make someone who is not a child of God know that there's, there's doom coming for him. Yes, you, you, your life is so pure and so beautiful and so excellent, okay, and so full of the righteousness and the holiness of God. It shows them that there's a problem, there's something wrong with them. I mean, there should be a clear difference between Christians and non-Christians. Yeah, so clear. What affects them should not affect us. 
What influences them should not influence us. You see, when they see how you're able to say no to certain things, you are you are 25 and you are a virgin. It it it, it, it puts some it brings some some fire coals of fire on their heads and let them know that they are making they are committing errors. But if it's like oh we are all, we are all, we are all not we are all just flowing we, we, we have sex anyhow, you know oh yeah you are into lying just like them they, they you lie as you lie, your lies are even wilder. You lie without windows and doors. There, there are no places of escape. You see, you are as impatient as anybody who is not born again. Anybody, anyone who is not born again. I mean, you can you can insult anyhow, you can slap anyhow, you can get angry anyhow. No, as a child of God, you bear the fruit of the spirit, which includes self-control. So you see, be like you're in a situation where you are supposed to flare up and blow up. But then you keep your cool, and they wonder, man, what, what what's what is happening with you? What what drugs are you taking? You let them know it's not drugs; it's the Holy Ghost in me. He constrains me and restrains me from doing the wrong thing. Yes, to the latter is an aroma wafted from death to death, a fatal odor, the smell of doom. To the former, it is an aroma from life to life, a vital fragrance, living and fresh. Living and fresh, a vital fragrance, living and fresh. It's to Christians, we are a vital fragrance, living and fresh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that, that is what you are set, that is what we are set for. Okay? And you must always have Christ's return on your mind. That is what will help you purify yourself. Look at First John chapter, chapter, chapter 3, verse 1 into verse 3. First John 3, 1 to verse 3. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because he knew him not. Verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when, we shall, when he shall appear, when Jesus shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Verse 3, and every man that has this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Every man that has this hope of Christ's return and how we appear and show forth like him purifieth himself even as the Lord is pure. So you must always have the Lord's return because the Lord can come at any time and the Lord can come for you at any time. Yes, he can come for you at any time. So you can't continue living in sin. Maybe you are living in sin as I'm talking to you now. You can't continue living in, in sin. Receive grace. God has showed us what to do. He says, come and take grace to help you in time of need. Receive grace to come out of that sin. Receive grace to jump out of that challenge and not live in sin. Receive grace right now. I pray for grace for you, strength to overcome that thing, that, has, that sin that so easily besets you and that sin that has crowd itself around you. That sin that has decided to be like a serpent, a python, an anaconda that rounds itself around you and squeezes life out of you. I command that serpent to vanish right now. I command it to lose its hold right now from me or, or, of you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I declare that you are free to serve the Lord, free to do what God wants you to do in the name of the Lord, free to be a servant of God, free to be a child of God, free to live for the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus. Be blessed. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so that is it. I mean, you can take you can take forgiveness for yourself all the time. And Christ stands to be your advocate to help you. To help you stand once again so that you can continue displaying his righteousness and not um, um, decline into into error. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now look at Romans, Romans chapter 8. I want us to read from verse 11. Romans chapter 8 from verse 11. Remember, always remember that sin does not do anything. Sin does not bring any good to anyone. Look at how bad you feel when you do something wrong. 
I mean, it's not exciting. It's not an exciting thing. You see, it's not an exciting thing at all. Go back to, let, let's keep our fingers here. Go to Romans chapter 6. Remember, we were reading up to a point. We read up to a point. We read up to verse 13. Let not sin then. This is verse 13. It says, Neither yield yourselves as members of, of, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, look at verse 14. And it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. You see, it says, Sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For you are not under the law, but under grace. Under the law, I mean, when you do something wrong, you needed to pay for it. You were punished for it. But now there's grace. Grace says that receive favor for yourself and receive help for yourself in a place, in a place when you, where you don't deserve to be favored or you don't deserve to be helped. It's undeserved favor. God is bringing you undeserved favor. That is why sin shall not have dominion over you. So when something goes wrong, quickly take grace for yourself and move. Don't allow yourself to get into the mud of guilt, of, 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 of feeling so condemned that you don't want to come to church for again. You don't want to fellowship with the brethren again. You don't want to talk to the pastor again because of something that you did or something that happened. No, it's sin shall not have. If you do that, sin now has dominion over you. Sin takes over completely. Because you flared up in that, in that meeting the last time. You feel bad. You don't want to come back again. No, no. God doesn't want that. You know, there are those who don't want to, who don't um, want to be restored. Okay? There are those who don't want to be restored. Mostly because they are not, they are not Christians. They, they, there's a problem with their salvation. You know, I encountered a young man once who, I mean, it's like he didn't want to be helped. He didn't want to be helped. Yes, he loves the errors. He loves the, the things, you know, and he, he wants to continue in error. Clearly, you are not a child of God. You see, keep your finger here. Go to Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter 2, verse, verse 1. It says, And you have seen quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past, it says, This is how your life was in times past. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. There's a spirit that works in the children of disobedience. You see, there's a spirit, it's a spirit that works in people who are not children of God. Now, don't be deceived. Sometimes you have, you have a church, okay, and there are some in there who are not born again. They are wolves in sheepskin or sheep clothing that are in churches. Don't be, don't be, don't be amazed about some of these things. You see. Paul mentions how there were, there were wolves amongst them. They are not born again, but they are around. They look so much like Christians, but they are not Christians. Jesus mentioned how a, a, a sower went out to sow. He sowed wheat in his field. And whilst men slept, his enemy came to sow tares in the field. The tares and the wheat look so similar that you can't tell the difference when they are, when they are young. They need to grow to full maturity before you can tell the difference between the wheat and the test. It's only at harvest time that you can tell between the, the difference between the wheat and the test. Do you see? Amazing. Yes. So you can, someone can be in church. A person is a, he's a, he's a tear. Sold by the devil to destroy. Yes. Yes. He's around to, he's a wolf. He's a big wolf, destroying many people's lives. Yes, yes. 
spying out our liberty. Yes, and taking advantage of so many people. You see? And the, the Bible mentions how that they'll be rooted out. Yes, because they don't. They don't want. To, they don't want. They don't want the, the the help that God is bringing. They don't want the salvation that the Lord is bringing. They want to do what they want to do. They want to uh, 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 destroy people's lives. You know, one of the major difference between a wheat and a tear, you know, when they when they mature, that make the, what you used to tell is how the wheat grows. You see, when the wheat grows, when the wheat is matured, it bows down towards the sun. But so a wheat will grow like this, but a tail will grow like this. A tail will grow up straight. A wheat will grow turned up towards, turned down, bowing down. That is humility. Do you see? So one of the major signs of a tail in our, in, our, in our system or around is pride. When the person does something wrong and you are trying to help the person, oh no, this is how we do it. Pride. The person, I mean, does not want to change. It's amazing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's amazing. So I pray for grace for you to live the way God has designed for us to live. Now, go back to Romans. I'm closing. Romans chapter, Roman chapter 6. We're in verse 14 now. Romans 6, 14. Sin shall not have dominion over you. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Now, look at verse 15. It says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. You see, he said it so many times. This is the second time I'm saying it today. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death. Look at it. It says, whether of sin unto death. That's what I want you to know. Dwelling in sin leads to death. The ultimate of sin is death. If you go down to verse 23, same book, same chapter, you see it. Okay? In the King James. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For the wages, the payment, the pay, the reward of sin is death. When you, when you keep living in sin and keep fooling around, what is, you have, death is all around you. Not only death in a physical sense, but death in financial sense, death in health sense, death in, in the sense of peace, death in the sense of, in the sense of comfort, in the sense of joy. You don't have joy, so there's no joy. None of those things comes to you because you are, you know, living in sin and keep fooling around. If you want life, you need to live in, in you must allow the life of God in you to grow stronger and stronger to help you live the way God wants to live. Hallelujah. Now, go back to verse 16 where we're reading. Romans six sixteen. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Do you see? Verse 16. Of obedience unto righteousness. So, as you obey the word of God, and as you live in light of what God is saying, you, you, live, you, you see that you are walking in righteousness every single day. You see? Uh-huh. And righteousness brings life. leads to life. You see? Look at verse 17 now. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. Okay? But God be thanked that you were, not you are, you were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed from the hands of that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you, delivered you. Verse 18. Being then made free from sin, you became the servant of righteousness. So in reality, you are a servant of righteousness now. Wow. 
Look at your next verse, verse, verse 19. I speak after the man of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. He says, now, the way you were, you allow, you were here before, as, a, as a, a child of, of the devil, you see, as a sinner, when you did whatever you wanted to do without any conscience, there was no conscience. There was a spirit of disobedience that was working in you. There was no conscience. You didn't feel anything. You were just flowing. He says, in the same way, now that you are, you are a servant of righteousness, okay, yield your members. Even so now, yield your members as servants to righteousness, unto holiness. So you live in righteousness so much that you, we see the holiness of God around you. you. You live the way God wants you to live. You see? You live the opposite of commonness is holiness. You are not, you live like an uncommon life. You are not like every other person. The opposite of sin is righteousness. Do you see? So now that you are a child of God, you are now a servant of righteousness, not a servant of sin. And righteousness, as you live in righteousness, you allow righteousness to, to flow in you. Righteousness is displaying God's, God's perfections and wisdom and all of that. As you flow in that, you see that you have become uncommon. You are living in holiness. Hallelujah. Look at verse 20. I want you to see this verse. It says, For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. There was no righteousness around when you were servant of sin. Now that you are servant of righteousness, you must be free of sin as well. Look at the next verse. What fruit had ye in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. You see, he says, what fruit had ye in the thing? I mean, there are some of the things that you have done in the past. We can't even, we can't mention it. He says, what fruit had ye then in those things? Well, I mean, what did it bring you? He says, you are even now ashamed of those things that you did. Are you not ashamed of telling the things that you did? I mean, you don't want to, when the devil brings to your mind, you're like, no, no, I don't remember. It's because there's no, there's no, there's nothing nice about it. There's nothing enjoyable about it. Do you see? Yes. He says, what fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Next verse, verse 22. But now being made free from sin, God has made us free from sin through Jesus Christ and become servants of God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So as you live in righteousness and walk in holiness, the end of living in righteousness and holiness is everlasting life. You see, everlasting life. You have life and life to the full. That, you see, there's, there's, let me not, let me not mention it, but there's, there's something higher that the Lord has designed for you and I to enjoy. God is looking at you having a glorified body that has the highest of glories in the heavens when he comes for you. That's what God wants for you. He wants you to rule and reign with him. That's what he wants for you. Sin takes you away and removes you from what God wants you to have. Hallelujah. Look at Romans chapter 8. I remember mentioning Romans chapter 8 verse 11. I want to show you something briefly there and then we'll close. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also give life to your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Then it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify, deaden, kill the deeds of the body, you shall live. You see, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So it is time to allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit of God, to walk in the Spirit, do you see? And not say that, oh, Jesus is my advocate, so I can do whatever I want to do. No, Jesus is your advocate to help you, to help restore you when there's a problem. Not so that you can continue fooling around. There's only death that awaits you if you continue fooling around. 
allow the life of God in you to flourish through studying the word, reading the word. You see, fellowshipping with the spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you, to make proper decisions, living for him, serving him. That's what God wants for you. Displaying him, being an aroma of Christ wherever you find yourself. That's what God wants for you. Yes, so receive grace to live the way God wants you to live. And I pray that the Holy Spirit himself will help you and guide you and lead you and take you where he has designed for you to get to, even in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.